Hey everyone, welcome to episode 109 of the Switch Focus podcast. I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. With me, as always, is Andrew Brown. Episode 109! <laughs> Woo! Woo. Uh, and uh, this week we're going to talk about the uh, weirdness going on with the latest Cooking Mama. It's perfectly normal, uh, there's nothing weird going on there. <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Final Fantasy VII very briefly, uh, Zombie Army Trilogy, uh, Vasaria, Lair of the Forgotten, uh, Shalnor Legends, Sacred Lands, and Songbird Symphony. Okay, so let's get right into it. Okay, so we've got no updates from the previous episode, so we're going to jump straight into the news. Uh, again, it's slow at the moment, what with the whole uh, coronavirus thing happening, keeping everyone in lockdown, and, you know preventing games from getting released left, right, and center. Uh, Cooking Mama released just at the beginning of uh, the stage where everyone was starting to work from home. Uh, It appeared on US stores for like 10 minutes and then got removed. Um, In Australia, I don't think it even hit the eShop, but some physical copies did make it into a couple of stores. Uh, My wife was lucky enough to grab one, um, or it might have been unlucky judging by some of the news that was doing the the rounds, people noticed that it was draining their batteries really quickly, uh, and then suddenly that spawned a big paranoia thing about the game apparently using blockchain technology to uh, mine cryptocurrency for the developers, (laughs) even when it wasn't used. There were rumours around that you couldn't play it offline... Uh, and so the only thing that remained true out of that whole thing was that it drains your battery quickly Uh, the developers were a little slow I think to sort of uh, put everyone's mind at ease as to the uh, data mining thing because you know sorry the cryptocurrency mining thing because yeah this stuff goes through strict you know testing by platform holders that you don't expect this sort of stuff to sneak through on the the shop nintendo would never let a cryptocurrency mining program through their authentication it would not happen Mm -mm. uh so just as we thought we got that sorted uh, it got weirder because people are desperate to get it that you know that it's it's one of those cutesy series that has uh, a lot of fans despite it's you know it's the same thing every time practically yeah and so doing some more digging uh, some data miners worked with people who had physical copies and and prove that A, you can play it offline um, and that there was nothing else dodgy happening. Uh, They believe that maybe it had some blockchain stuff in there but then that got removed and that's why the battery thing still still happens. The developers shut that down who said uh, it was something they were looking at doing so people could trade things in game Uh, but then it was pulled early on. It was just a, a thing they were looking at uh, the the reason people grabbed onto this is because it was on an early press release. Uh, then it got even weirder. The reason why it was taken down now apparently is because of a legal dis- dispute between the license holder and the publisher and developer who you know bought the license from them to make this game. So uh, as far as I can tell, it seems to be developed by Planet Entertainment. So that even who developed it was unclear for for the longest time. Yeah, so there seems to be some sort of dispute between them and the the legal owners of the franchise, and that's why it's got pulled. Um, An insider had reportedly been talking to people and said that the original license holder had ties at Nintendo and was able to get it pulled uh, quicker than they were expecting, and there's going to be legal ramifications um the the current publisher of this game is going to be you know trying to fight for loss of earnings and and that sort of thing so it's, i think it's going to get uglier and weirder uh before we see the end of this one um as for the game itself i saw a few people who did have it say saying it was trash my wife has all of these games uh including the weird like babysitting offshoots uh and has enjoyed what she's played of, of the new one it just feels like a, a cooking mama game She's not played it on dock, so I can't speak for the the battery thing. But yeah, that's where we are with that. She sort of accidentally ended up with some sort of a collector's item. Uh, I've seen the scalpers on on eBay are trying to sell them for two hundred bucks. It's uh, it's interesting. I wouldn't have thought Cooking Mama would have been a hot collector's item. Now, I'm looking at a posting for it right here. You can get it at Coles in oh. the U.S. If, <laughs> if you happen to be living near a Coles. <laughs> Funnily enough, I thought that was just an Aussie chain. Coles. 
so that that's that's the weird thing at the moment um certainly an entertaining story but yeah a really weird one okay well let's uh move right on to what we've been playing okay andrew we're gonna start with you zombie army trilogy uh i've played the first one in this trilogy uh I was a pretty big fan of the Sniper Elite series, which this is a spin-off of, um, but I bailed on it pretty early because I, I, I was pretty disappointed. I kind of wanted Sniper Elite with zombies. Uh, what I got was some sort of Horde Rush game. How far are you into this one? Have, have you played the three games? Or are you, you still in the first one? What's What's happening with that? Well, I'm at the end of the second game in the trilogy, but that's kind of what I want to talk about first, is how this game is a trilogy, because you hear trilogy, you think that means that there's going to be three different games in this, but what the zombie army thing is, at least in the first three entries in the series, I'm not talking about Zombie Army 4, which is new released on PlayStation 4 right now, but the first three games were just DLC packs for the Sniper Elite games, which mm-hmm. I've, I've never played and know almost nothing about. And they are very much just DLC add-ons. They in no way feel individually like complete games uh, altogether, I would say. They do feel like one game, so it's called Zombie Army Trilogy, but as far as getting a complete package and getting a complete story, there's there's really only one game here. If you bought the first game standalone, and it's just those five levels, uh, I would have found it disappointing, because <laughs> there's not a whole lot going on in the first five levels of the game. The premise of the game is uh, in the final days of World War II in Europe, Hitler, instead of committing suicide in his bunker, instead uses this artifact he has to raise the dead and turn the tide of the war. And you play as one of eight different characters who are all just happening to be around Berlin for whatever reason, and they have to escape from the the zombie army that has risen up. And in the first five levels, which is like, which was the first game, that's really all you're doing is you're just trying to get out of the city and the level design isn't that interesting and the enemies aren't that interesting it's mostly just fighting standard zombies and every so often an elite zombie will show up and i I really do need to talk about the elite zombies because they have felt consistently like the weakest part of the game if you know me you know i'm playing this game solo even though there is multiplayer options for this game uh, mm-hmm. But the elite zombies are just these huge zombies that are still able to use firearms. They're still able to use their rifles, and they can take excessive amounts of damage. Uh, they're, every single one has been a meat wall, and every single one I fought has just ground the pace of the game to the halt as I've had to get what shots off I could and then retreat out of their range and try again and that usually takes at least 10 bullets so i'm usually retreating at least twice sometimes more and then deeper into the game i've gotten i've been put into situations where that strategy doesn't work so well so it's felt like i've needed a lot of luck as i've been trapped in very small spaces where there is not room to get away from the elite zombies i'm not a fan of the elite zombies they are single-handedly kind of making me not dislike this game but certainly not recommend it but i'm not done with it yet because when you get into the second game you find out that in order to stop the zombie army attack you need to recover that artifact that hitler used so as soon as you get out of berlin you have to turn around and go back in Mm -hmm. which is another (laughs) reason the first game just kind of feels like a waste because the game the the plot technically doesn't start until the second game so (laughs) uh and then the third one is you've recovered the artifact and now you have to deal with hitler who has returned as a a zombie with superpowers uh and uh i'm gonna finish that that up next week because just The way the game is structured, this is a spin-off of the Sniper Elite games, which I have never played, and I didn't... I understood in the abstract that I'm playing, you know, as a sniper, uh, but I didn't really Mm -hmm. understand the mechanics of that. So when I 
played the first level i didn't do very well uh, if you go and you look on our youtube page if you look at my first hour video of the zombie army trilogy it's not a very impressive performance uh because a big part of the game is controlling your character's breathing and mm-hmm. that shows up as like a a meter it looks an awful lot like a super meter uh so i wasn't using it i was saving it as i tend to do with my superpowers uh but really what you're supposed to do with this is press the button to release the air in your character's lungs which will stabilize their shots and it also has the added benefit of slowing time temporarily and once you've taken a few shots then you can press the button again to take another breath then you sit there and you just wait till your breath comes back then you can press it again to get those benefits over again and that's kind of the cycle of the game this game does not have a tutorial so i had to figure this out for (laughs) myself um and it also has a more realistic physics engine so there uh the, the the distance and the type of rifle you're using will affect the trajectory of your shot unless you're playing on the easiest mm-hmm. difficulty then it's just hit scan when you when you aim and fire your bullet goes where you're pointing at but on the higher difficulties including the default difficulty you have to accommodate uh for the range you're firing so the further out your target is the higher up you have to aim so another benefit of that breath mechanic is when you breathe out you'll actually get a second reticle on screen that shows you where your bullet is actually going to be traveling and once i figured all these mechanics out i actually started getting into this game but like you said with your experience with it 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 is it's just fighting hordes of zombies and it is balanced so that way depending upon how many players are in the game different numbers of enemies will spawn uh but even still even when i felt like i've been playing at my best i haven't been able to you know really feel like an ultimate sniper and just repel an entire wave i've always had to stop and stand up and run away to another spot to give myself more space or switch to my shotgun usually that's what i've just done is oh they've reached me now time to shotgun them which hasn't really felt like a sniper experience it's not a bad game it's a it's a competent like zombie shooter game but there are a lot of those kind of games out there really this game has gotten me more interested in actually trying the sniper elite series so yeah. oh, that, that's good because I, I like those games yeah so they're, they're 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 very stealth focused uh your one man drops into a location and it's about getting from point to point and mm-hmm. you know getting through either silently or covering your tracks well enough mm-hmm. so yeah so part, part of that reason why i bailed the mechanics of the mainline series uh, which you mentioned there's the trajectory thing and, and all that but there's also elements of um, disguising your shot with like yeah. noise so like if, if there's thunder you can snipe an enemy I wanted more of that but with zombies like you know feel like a zombie survival game mm-hmm. uh, where so like the, the opening stretch where you're just going through like the environments there's one or two zombies and you know I love that the atmosphere was was amazing that the first point it locked me inside a a church i think it was and it was just you know an almost endless onslaught of zombies (laughs) with machine guns and i was like this is not a sniper game (laughs) at this point and i I felt like it was like hey this this is geared towards co-op really yeah it might be a better experience co-op i i really have no desire to even try this co-op it does not feel enticing to play co-op like you know sometimes Mm -hmm. i play a game and i'm like "Eh, i don't like this but i think it would be a better experience multiplayer i'm sure this is a better experience multiplayer but there's just nothing here that makes me even want to attempt to play it multiplayer because like those sniper elite like core mechanics are still in there and still Mm -hmm. feels like it's the essence of the game and that just does not feel like something i want to play multiplayer uh, yeah so I- i'm gonna stick this out i'm gonna finish this but you know I- i've already reached my my final word on it like e- even as i've gotten into the second game and i'm sure even into the third game there they have introduced more interesting things than just huge packs of zombies and then the elite zombies with the machine guns like there's like fire demons now who are zombies that can light other zombies on fire which increases the speed that they move at and there's summoner zombies who i think what they do is fairly obvious <laughs> so the, the level design is getting more interesting the enemy variety is getting more interesting but that first game is a real slog and the second one like i said starts putting you in those situations where you have to fight like an elite zombie with no room to maneuver no room to run past it i basically it felt like luck when i got past him more than mm-hmm. skill so 
think if it was better balanced for single player, I might enjoy it more. But as it is, it's just an, a zombie shooter that's perfectly competent. But you got the entire Resident Evil series on Switch. I'm just recommending those. <laughs> at, the, at the very least, um, you know, it, it it is a budget title and it, it does feel like like a budget title so that and it looks like a well. budget title these are like yeah early xbox 360 graphics yeah i uh, i just looked up what i did play and it was the trilogy pack on ps4 um but yeah i, I didn't get very far into that and was just like this isn't what i wanted from a, a sniper elite spin-off so yeah that's that um so let's talk about uh Shalnor legends sacred lands What's that one about? Uh, Shulner Legends Sacred Lands is a Zelda clone from a solo developer named Johnny Ostad. Uh, it's a it's a really small Zelda game, basically, where you play as this elf person who gets teleported to the Sacred Lands in this in this setting called Shalnor, and she's trying to do something. I've already forgotten what it was. Uh, something <laughs> about waking up a god who's in the local area, so that way this elf person can do something i I don't remember the the game didn't actually address what her goal was the 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 point of the game is awakening this this god person who lives in the sacred lands and it's exactly what you expect from you know a classic style zelda clone it's a top-down zelda style game where you go through nine different areas that are laid out in a three by three grid and you find dungeons in them and you find caves in them and you explore them to find like new items like a bow and various new kinds of arrows you get to the bow that lets you solve more puzzles, like you can fire fire arrows, you can fire ice arrows, expected stuff. Uh, but it also has a really pretty deep upgrade system in this, and that was where I actually ran into the most trouble with the game, was because upgrades were really expensive, and yet all the currency in the game only drops in single currencies. It's like literally if you were trying to play a classic Zelda game and all that would drop would be green rupees. <laughs> I So I spent most of my time playing this game farming currency so I could buy the upgrades so I could actually move on. And even then, I still didn't get all the upgrades just because I was so fed up with literally finding a room that has a lot of boxes in it and then walking into the room, smashing every box, grabbing all the coins that dropped, leaving the room and then coming back and doing it again and just doing that for like a half an hour at a time so I can get uh, however many hundreds of currency I need to get the upgrades. As a Zelda clone, I actually quite liked it, but just the sheer amount of grinding I had to do to get these upgrades drug the entire game down. It was okay. It's a... It's a solo developed game, which is always impressive to see. I'm usually up for playing a game from a solo developer just so I can see, like, one person made this. That's always impressive. But I think it could have standed to suffer from some critique, some peer review, maybe some playtesting. However, (laughs) the person wanted to go through that. Just somebody standing over your shoulder, which is the benefit of having a team of developers to say that works but maybe we could do it another way so it's a little more fun so yeah um as you described it i just the, my memory popped to which one it is and it's when i keep hovering on on the store it's frequently on sale for 99 cents and and i think this there's something about the art style that keeps putting me off it does look like uh the art style works once you're in the game, but when when you look at it, it does look like a game that was made on like a '90s computer in mm-hmm. paint, basically. Yeah. But uh, the game actually looks much better in action than the screenshots belie. It's got some cool lighting effects and things, but it's not Stardew Valley in terms of no. uh, uh, how impressive it is as a solo product. Um, have you played uh, Cherry Blossom Tales yet? Uh no, but that 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 would be one you'd want to look at. I would expect so. It's a very similar game to this, but it's its price I think reflects the more amount of production it went in it. So (laughs) I I have a lot of these ninety nine cent games because it's ninety nine cents. Who cares? But uh, you know, Blossom Tales. I think the lowest I've ever seen it on sale is seven fifty, which is fine. Seven fifty is a great price, but if, if I can get 
Blossom Tales for seven fifty, or I can get eight other games for ninety nine cents. I will mm-hmm. always go for eight other games as as bad as that is, <laughs> because <laughs> I always play them. And I'm like, well, that game was uh, well, I paid ninety nine cents for it, but. <laughs> And and on the plus side uh, with that is that, you know, you've got lots of games to talk about on the show. Um, that is why I do it, yes. I'm here for you. I'm here for you, people. Yes. Selfless. I suffer uh, for your fall. art. <laughs> uh, so, cool. We'll just have a, a quick interjection with something I've been playing. So, uh, as you may be aware, the Final Fantasy VII remake dropped earlier. Oh, it did? Than everywhere else in Australia because... Uh, to do with coronavirus shipping stuff so they just pulled the trigger on it far earlier not digitally uh, just the physical copies made it to stores and they weren't fussed about stopping people from playing it so I managed to get my copy actually I was already working from home uh, and one of my colleagues lives near me who still had to be in the office so I got them to drop it off for me <laughs> which was really helpful thanks Nate you extortionist you <laughs> um, and uh, yeah so uh, I've been playing that and uh that, that that game famously at the moment only covers Midgar. They're going to cover the rest of the the events of Final Fantasy VII in in, in future releases. Whoever knows when they're going to come. Are they um, though? So I guess you haven't finished the game yet, have you? No, <laughs> I've already read the spoilers. Uh, uh, no, I, I'm avoiding the spoilers because I'm enjoying the the in depth stuff that they're do, they're doing, adding better context to uh, some of the decisions that the characters make and uh, there's also uh, some of the weird random stuff that just went into Final Fantasy 7 because it's a video game and they contextualize a lot of that uh, which is really cool but you know uh, doing that I like I started the game it did the bombing mission I got super misty-eyed because like Final Fantasy 7 is my favorite game of all time it's that realized in how it lived in my head so I, I started up the the switch port on my switch light of final of the original Final Fantasy VII to sort of play alongside, even though I know the events aren't going to time out, but it's also acting as a good fact-checking thing for me. So, um, like it's hinted at in the original that there's a, a war with the uh, the Wu Tai clan, you know, years ago. Um, that's much more explicitly stated, and it was it was so understated in the original that I forgot that it was a thing, and I and I was <laughs> playing the remake, and it came up, and they're making a you know a big deal of it, and I'm just like. Man, I don't remember that at all. And then, like, <laughs> when was the last the next... time you played the original? <laughs> y- years ago. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think if you keep carry on with the original on Switch, I think you'll be surprised. It's pretty prominent actually <laughs> in the backstory. I know, especially as well when you you know you get further in and you get Yuffie, the Utai character. Yuffie, that was it. Yeah, you know that that comes up more. I just don't remember it being explicitly mentioned in the early stages and that has come up so I'm like it, it's been a good fact checking thing and it's interesting seeing what bits they've pulled from to expand on and which bits they're not so that, that's been a cool experience the one thing I will say is I, I class Final Fantasy 7 as my favourite game of all time this revisit on Switch Lite has done nothing to dampen that even though it deals with some really heavy subjects such as you know what's terrorism there's the whole eco-warrior thing, the planet being destroyed oh. the, the, the game just feels like a warm hug to me and that'll never change <laughs> I love going back to late 90s media and looking at the, how it dealed with terrorism versus mm-hmm. how popular media, especially American popular media like, dealt with terrorism after 2001 because yeah. like, you go back to Star Trek Deep Space Nine one of the main characters is a terrorist and she can <laughs> proudly says i was a terrorist i was like yeah that would not have been written that way after uh 9-11 <laughs> and, and that's yeah that's the surprising thing with this this is like they're, they're completely outright terrorists <laughs> and you know they they go through the reflection of what that means even in the original ones i, I it's still ahead of its time on that when the uh i it feels dumb it's been out like a million years and i still worry about spoiling it for people um, when they get to Cosmo Canyon, they have a a change of heart about their goals. <laughs> yeah, well, if, even when when the plate falls, you know, yeah. Barrett has that realization of like, did I do this? And yeah, yes, you did, uh, Barrett. It, this was your fault. <laughs> it, it it's a heavy game, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been super cool seeing the the contrast between the two. Uh, the remake is excellent so far. Uh, I know a few people were worried it was going to be like too po faced as well. 
uh, but it's it's just not. It's it balances the serious stuff with the, you know, some silly silly things along the way, and it's just it, it's so good. Um, but the original is still very good. I love it so much. I'm happy to be revisiting. Okay, uh, moving on again. Um, oh, actually, just before we drop that, <laughs> I, I I was reminded of the uh, the scorpion robot boss fight with the uh, text error. Mm-hmm. If you if you attack it when well, it raises his tail, long pause. Yeah. It'll counter <laughs> yes. attack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that got me killed the first time this time. <laughs> Embarrassingly. But yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> I was like, I knew I know there's a trick with the tail. Ah. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so Let's uh, move on. So you played a game called Viseria Lair of the Forgotten. I've not even heard of this one. Well, this one is also from Johnny Ostad, the developer of Shelnor Legends. And much as Shelnor Legends is a Zelda clone, this one is a retro platformer clone. It looks like Metroid, but it's not Metroid. Uh, You play as this scout person who's sent down into the depths of this planet where these bug creatures are nesting and you've got to find out what happened to the marines that were sent down there and you find their guns in each level and you can fully explore each level to find all the upgrades uh, to increase your health and increase the ammunition of each of your individual guns and there are like I think there are like 15 levels in total leading up to a pretty simple final boss I found this a more enjoyable game than Shalnor Legends because I, I didn't have to spend so much time grinding for currency, and some of finding the upgrades was pretty enjoyable because they were hidden, but they weren't hidden to the point where I was, you know, spending an hour trying to find one upgrade in, hidden in one corner of the level that I, there was no way I could have possibly known that I could go back there. There is nothing like that in this game. I do think the default weapon, which is your only weapon you get that has infinite ammunition, is pretty weak. And as it's your only gun that has infinite ammunition, it's one that I had to fall back on quite a bit. I think that was probably the weakest part of this game. But as a shooter in the style of, you know, like something between Metroid and Mega Man, I enjoyed it. It's a an adequate 99-cent platformer, also from Johnny Ostad, <laughs> so... <laughs> Not only does he have a solo developed game, he has two, and they're both on Nintendo Switch. Uh, what have you done with your life? Yeah, uh, nothing. <laughs> Actually, nothing. Um, cool. Uh, so the last thing we were going to talk about is Songbird uh, Symphony. I saw on Twitter that you like this one a lot. Um, I have vague recollections. Is this, this is a, a is this a rhythm action game? It is. This is one Ginny played, and she gave it a positive review too. Although what I remember her saying about it didn't jive at all with the experience i had with it because this is is this is a rhythm game it plays a lot like parappa the rapper where you're watching like musical performances on the screen and you have to press buttons in time with a track on the screen Mm -hmm. uh but there's actually a lot of platforming and exploration in this too uh it's a very low stakes platforming like you literally you can't die uh there are no enemies to fight it's just exploring this forest because you play as this young bird who was raised by peacocks but this bird is very obviously not a peacock so it sets off one day to find out their true parentage with the help of the wise old owl and being raised by peacocks who are not songbirds uh the the bird can only sing one note so like in the first couple songs you're you're literally just pressing one button in time with whatever song you're looking at and that's basically what the boss fights are in this game is watching this musical performance and pressing uh, buttons in time with the track that shows up. But the further in you get and the more the bird species you encounter, then your bird character learns more notes, which adds more buttons onto the tracks. Uh, I was able to S and A rank almost every song in this game, but by the time I got to the end of the game, there were so many buttons that I had to press and... The songs were so intricate that I started getting bees instead. Uh, if you've played Parappa the Rapper, you, you probably know that the game wasn't that hard, but it was really harsh in its grading. It was very easy to lose. This is 
kind of the opposite of that. Uh, I'm not even sure if it's possible to lose, because even when I was doing really badly on a song, it still just kept going straight through, no problem. Uh, so it, it's the opposite spectrum of Parappa the Rapper, where the songs are very hard to play completely along with, hit every note, but it doesn't punish you too much for missing them, which is very much how I prefer my, my music games to play. Mm-hmm. There's a variety of music in this game, but it, it's all MIDI recordings, uh, which I enjoy, uh, but like I, I'm doing this game a disservice by referencing Parappa the Rapper, which had like actual recorded live music in it this does not have that this is all synthesized music but if you enjoy that as i do i I got a kick out of this for a long time you know i've been thinking about how a lot of video games are basically just movie genres that have been turned into a game Uh, i've been wondering how you would do that with a musical basically that's what songbird symphony is it's a musical that's been turned into a video game and i really liked it it's on sale for like two bucks and change right now until saturday the 19th of april i highly recommend this game i really enjoyed it nice uh so yeah the only thing i have else i've played was i started i've done like 10 minutes of uh mystic quest from the uh legend of mana collection the collection of mana collection collection of mana legend of mana is something Um, else and i really hope it gets a switch port someday uh sorry the uh yeah the collection of mana uh i'm like five screens in and i've just found a village (laughs) So that's that's about where I am. I, I like that it changes the the game's title depending on which region language <laughs> you select. Uh, and yeah, the quick save stuff is cool. Yeah. Uh, As I said last year when I played the entire collection of Mana, I still think it today. That is the best game of the three that's in those <laughs> collections. So yeah, uh, that was about it. Oh, I did have one funny story. It just this just popped back into my memory. Um, so it's not something I've played. So a couple of weeks back, my. Um, my wife was having a tough time at work and she was looking at the switch door for something you know cute and easy to play you know just cheer cheer herself up and she picked up a a game called a street cat's tail Mm -hmm. yeah i've been looking at that too yeah uh so let let me just run down the first few minutes remember that she bought this to cheer herself up oh no Um, (laughs) so within 10 seconds of starting the game uh the main character who is a cat her mother gets hit by a car Mm -hmm. and is taken taken by the humans um, and they're just like ah, screw it we haven't got time leave the kitten on the street um, she then meets uh, another cat who who asks for some items so she's she's off to look for these items and the the, the game's not super clear with its tutorial between like how to carry and how to eat stuff <laughs> so she ate some garbage and then ten minutes later, her cat was walking the rainbow road. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, to a handwritten note that it writes to its mother that is possibly dead, and about how it can—it's glad it can finally see its mother again. The whole thing is utterly distressing. So yeah, it's a survival game. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so yeah, uh, it it made her cry twice. It kind of sounds like a video game version of Family Dog, which was uh, yeah. a thing that was. I remember. Yeah. That. I think I have that. It it was a yeah, cartoon that was produced things. by Steven Spielberg in the early '90s, and it's it's a terrible cartoon. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, that was that was a pick me up game. Um, but she did pick up another one, which I think is called Cat Tales. And that was more in line with what she was after, <laughs> <laughs> which which is to say, it's it's Stardew but cats. And there's a <laughs> Cat Quest. Cat Quest Two is out, and uh, there's a platformer yeah. called Magic Cat for your yeah. I've played that cat related video games. If you want to play them, oh no, she's played that. I haven't played that. She's played that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but uh, cat the Cat Quest games are great. I've still to play the sequel. Yeah, I'm waiting uh, for a bigger price drop on the sequel. Yeah, I bought it on release and just. Yeah, other things are more important. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's it. Uh, let's uh, catch in with our village visit. So it's our Animal Crossing updates. Did you skip Egg Day? Uh, no. I, I I was a fully-fledged member of Egg Day. Uh, so, so your eggs are fully developed and exercised. <laughs> yes. Um, let's... Uh, Let's tackle Egg Day, because it, it's been the cause of some ire on the socials. Um, 
so I would say like what two weeks ago uh, Zipper the bunny appeared on everyone's island in secret hidden around the sides uh, telling you that he's hidden a bunch of recipes on the island and that you can collect eggs uh, and use them to craft things and if you find them all you'll get a special thing on, on egg day which is you know Animal Crossing Easter. People were infuriated at the frequency that eggs were appearing. So, like, you'll you'll be fishing and you'll get an egg instead of a fish. You'll be <laughs> digging for fossils and you'll get an egg. Anything you can do in the game, you'll get an egg instead of the thing that you actually wanted. Now, personally, I did not find this that obnoxious. I didn't either. And I was, and I was enjoying crafting it. And I sort of feel like they're in a between a rock and a hard place because if they don't did nothing people would be complaining that there's not enough to do as I've seen at least one prominent games journalist do this week who went as far as to call it a bad game <laughs> um, and uh, yeah and then they've done something you know for people to be working along to and yeah that's not good enough either uh, I've I've enjoyed it um, like I, I've been counting down the days to get rid of all the the egg shaped crap that I've crafted so I can put it in storage <laughs> next year. Do you have an egg room? I, I took one of my four rooms that I have now in my house and one of them is is going to be my designated holiday room so right now it has all the egg stuff in it I've only got one extra room at the moment but that was my plan as well to have like a seasonal room mm. when, I, when I've expanded a bit more um, so yeah so uh, what I did was I checked in with Zipper today he was in the uh, the forecourt of the uh, town hall which I also got since last time we checked in and uh, yeah, he was able to tell me how many things I had left to go, and luckily I already had the recipes. What did bother me with this event was the amount of times my own character would come up with a recipe that wasn't needed to fulfill uh, Zippy's goals, and this was basically all the, the egg costumes, and it couldn't just stop at like the egg dress or the fancy egg hat, but there was like egg costumes for every style yeah. of egg and at that, at that point I tapped out I just did the bare minimum today <laughs> and then, I, then I've then i already put everything in storage because I'm done with it <laughs> uh, I've, I made every single one of those egg costumes because I didn't know if it was going to count towards yeah. the final goal on the 12th so my storage in my house is just filled with egg costumes now and they're <laughs> ugly costumes too I've got like four of them um, I didn't get two of the the types but uh, and I didn't even bother crafting the the egg dress because I needed it for the essential stuff so the essential stuff was just basically the furniture mm -hmm. and the outdoor stuff um, and then just as you're like cool I've done it all he gives you another recipe <laughs> one final recipe um, and I'll be honest I, I traded my way through getting the last couple he was offering uh, the egg you need for three of something you didn't yeah, so I just worked around it that way, but that was hell because uh, the developers of this game do not know what quality of life improvements are in terms of menu structure. So yeah. I had to keep talking to him for like an hour, just trying to get the numbers I needed, but got there eventually. Um, and I've banked the rest. I was going to sell all the, the remaining eggs, but I've banked them just in case I need them next year. Yeah, I'm not expecting the event to be any different next year. So I think if you've finished it this year, then you're probably good. But even then, like, I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of eggs in my storage right now and mm -hmm. it's been over a week i think since i've actually found a new recipe like there might be one that i just through rng haven't gotten yet i hope that's not the case <laughs> but I, i'm pretty sure i've already done all the recipes so once the egg day event is over i'm just selling whatever eggs i have left <laughs> come yeah. what may next year uh, so i've got this system down now where because you know you get that struggle early on of getting all the iron pieces i've now got iron pieces coming out of my ears yeah i've got hundreds so of them I'm, now I, I just um i the iron pieces i'm keeping i get them to 30 i get one to 30 and then i bank it um and then build up afresh but some of the other stuff is just like uh well if i've got 30 in my inventory and i've got 10 here i'll just sell the 10 for the for the money i've got so um, much extra storage space in my house now like i think i have like 400 slots in my storage like mm -hmm. i will eventually start paring it down but like right now if i can use it to make something i keep it <laughs> so yeah, i same. i've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of 
rock and clay at this point. Uh, I'm, I'm able to make decent tools, or at least longer-lasting tools, than I was early on. So that like I, that's never a stress now. If something breaks, I'll just go make another mm. one and and not worry. Um, so in terms of the proper updates, uh, I I built two log bridges because they were the cheapest. I built an incline. Uh, up to the the higher levels just to save me some hassle going around because I've I've no idea if the ladder or the pole breaks. They don't. They don't. Good. It hasn't happened to me yet. And I didn't think the uh, catapult was going to break, but that's died on me twice since the egg event started. Um. So in terms of how my town's going, I, I've had uh, three new people come since we last checked in. So I got uh, Tangy, Marcel, and Maple. Uh, Tangy is a a cat that looks like it's made out of cork. Marcel is a scary looking clown mime thing. Oh no, and you got uh, that one? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's it's not the sheep one. Oh, it's, it's the dog Oh, one. it's a different one? Oh jeez, there's more yeah. than one of those things. Yeah. Oh. He he's more a mime, the other one's a clown, I think. Um and then Maple is just a cute little bear who keeps giving me gifts. Um in fact she's starting to be a bit creepy. She started calling me honey, but <laughs> Uh, and they're they're in addition to my starters of uh, Agnes and Teddy. Uh, I finally got the town hall. Uh, I can't remember what triggered that, but it finally happened. So I've been able to expand my uh, pocket space again, which was nice. Uh, that opened up my ability to, to move buildings. So I've, I've moved my house to the location I wanted to put it originally, but I couldn't because of the terrain. Um, I spent so what's been happening is because I'm working from home. Um, I've put a switch dock in my office and I've been playing it on my lunch break and just getting, you know, like the repetitive admin stuff out of the way. Lunch break, air quotes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Legit lunch break, half an hour here and there. Um, so I uh, have completely cleared my island of weeds, um, which wasn't as tiring as I, I thought it was going to be when I set out. Uh, so now I'm on top of it, so I can just be running around, see one, grab it, etc. I also have Isabel now. She comes with a town hall, uh, which was killer because my wife was like a, a day behind me on that, that progression. And she loves Isabel, and I didn't want to spoil the surprise for her. So I had to <laughs> try and limit my uh, town hall visits during that. I, I've now got a town flag, which is just the Liverpool logo I made for my initial t shirt before I got the pro design kit. Uh, and I, <laughs> I grabbed a, a tune from the internet, which was the Reigns of Castamere. Uh, so for those that don't know what that is, that is the uh, theme tune of the most murderous family in Game of Thrones, and it gets a special highlight on the show whenever they do a murder. Um, so whenever I chat to someone now, I get this really ominous music. It's it's so funny. Uh, it's I, I wanted to change it to something else, but I, the, the whole ominous tone to it is just stopping me from doing it. It's hilarious. Um, and I also had two visitors to my, my village. So there was Flick, who is a insect enthusiast traveling everyone's islands so that you can sell bugs to them. I think they sell them at a higher rate than uh, Nook's Cranny. So, and they can make you a model if you collect three of the other stuff. Uh, sorry, if you collect three of any bug, they'll, they'll make you a model of that. So my storage is just filled with bugs now so I can get all of them. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Oh god, I don't think I can be bothered with it. Um, and then the day after, I got CJ, uh, who is the same thing but for fish, um, and gives you challenges like collect, you know, find, uh, you know, catch three small fish in a row, that sort of thing. And from what I can gather, they're Animal Crossing's first gay couple because they reference each other as partners, and it doesn't seem to be a business arrangement so I thought that was lovely. It's hard to tell. Yeah I, I was convinced Flick was a, a girl actually but every profile I've seen online uh, genders them as a man so yeah that that was a thing e even if it's just up for interpretation it's kind of nice. Not equipped for this conversation. <laughs> That's fine we can bail there. Uh, so how are you going? I'm not as eager as you are to move things around just yet because I want to be able to terraform my island before I move mm -hmm. things, because if I move things now, I'm just going to have to move them again later, which will cost more time and money. Uh, so right now I'm just basically trying to work towards Project K, which is what you get after you unlock the town hall, and that that's basically working towards 
what counts as beating this game. Uh, in the past, I've always felt that beating an Animal Crossing game meant completely paying off your house. But in this one, Project K, which is where you make your island nice enough that K.K. Slider will come to town and perform a concert, and then the credits play, that definitely feels much more like beating this game. Whereas in the past, didn't matter what your town was, K.K. Slider would always come on Saturday evenings and play a song mm-hmm. and the credits would roll. Like That never really felt like beating the game to me. That just felt like Saturday. So uh, so that, that's kind of what I'm working towards now because, like, you know, me, I love beating games. So uh, that, that's the main thing I'm working towards. Uh, I was trying to play off the rules of past Animal Crossing games for getting a five-star town rating, which means you need a certain number of trees. So I tried following those rules, but then after I had a tree planted every four squares or so, I checked my town rating and people were complaining that the island had too many trees, so I had to significantly cut back on them. Uh, I must have cut down over 50 trees, so I only have 10 of each type of fruit now and then a bunch of coconut trees and a bunch of plain trees, which are called hardwood trees, and a bunch of pine trees up in the mountains, which I just I basically haven't touched those. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I surrounded my town hall with a brick wall and put a flower garden there. So that moved my town that moved my town rating up to two stars. And KK Slider will come visit at three stars. So I, I'm trying not to just spend all day playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> just just <laughs> give it a couple hours. And with Egg Day and with the fishing tournament was today, uh, I haven't really had time to actually focus on beautifying my island much, but Kotaku put out a, a story today about people who are speedrunning New Horizons, and that article demystified the process of getting KK Slider to visit quite a bit. I, I know what I need to do now, so I think probably... By the end of April, I'll, I'll have it done, no problem. But I'm I'm in no real rush because I I fully intend to keep playing Animal Crossing every day. So even after I get KK Slider to visit and I get that beat goal, you know I still want to completely change my island up, which I, I described how I wanted to do that in the last episode. So uh, still a lot to look forward to in Animal Crossing, even now as I'm approaching the nominal end of the game <laughs> in as much as that mean and means anything in animal crossing yeah I, I can see myself playing this for the next year easily i mean easy just just i i know i'm trying to limit myself to like an hour a day mm-hmm. um so i just the first thing i do is i leave the house and i go hunting for fossils yep. then i just go get everything pick up everything i can sell bang um, on your rocks my, every my, day yeah, my my system as well for developing the town is yeah I'm reluctant to build anything too expensive like you said because you get the terraforming thing, and then you can, you know, shape it how you want and then start doing the really impressive stuff. Yeah, like I got people's houses um, built upon cliffs, but I'm the only yeah. one who can get to those houses because I have the step ladder, but <laughs> I refuse to build any ramps. It's like, <laughs> forget you guys, <laughs> they still manage to get around somehow, but <laughs> there's technically no way to actually reach their house the 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 ramp i bought was basically for my benefit just to save me climbing up the the ladder each time because i got fed up of changing my uh my tool yeah Um, you can reach a point i think where you develop your island that you don't need to carry the pole and the ladder around with you to get around mm -hmm. that but I probably will anyway, just in case. So I noticed you got the uh, Able Sisters shop. I haven't got them yet. They keep visiting, but they haven't got any wares that I like. So I, I don't know what triggers them to move. Probably in. buying their stuff. Like I, okay. I bought everything on their first visit because, like, I, I'm another thing I like to do in Animal Crossing is cap out the the catalog of all the items mm-hmm. you've ever owned. You can look at it in the Nookway Station in the Town Hall. You can go down a list of every item you've ever owned and on some of them not all of them but on some of them you can even buy them again and they just get mailed to you uh so like long term that's probably going to be what my real goal is is finishing that catalog so that's why i buy everything from the able sisters got a little distracted from the pertinent point there (laughs) so on on the (laughs) second visit the able sisters gave me one of the development tools Uh, so that way i could have a shop for them so my my problem is then i've just realized i'm being very stringent in the shops i'm not spending anything because i want to spend the money to de- develop my house and the infrastructure stuff i want to put in so i've been 
I've got a weird OCD system, so I'm keeping 50,000 in my pocket at all times. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't know about this also... one, but in past Animal Crossing games, you, villagers would randomly talk to you and would take all of your money. So, like, oh, I'm okay. very paranoid now about... Maybe that event isn't in New Horizons. I hope it's not. But in the past, I've learned, put the money in the bank almost as soon as you get it because your villagers okay. will take 10,000 bills from you and give you a shirt. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Uh, I will take that advice then. Um, but, yeah, so I've just been keeping 50k in my pocket and then whatever I have extra on top of that from what I sell or gather or whatever, that's then going on my mortgage. Uh, but I'm doing it on, like, a, you know, one for me, one for the town thing. So I'll pay for an upgrade in my house, then I'll pay for the thing that I want to have built. So that that's the way I've been approaching it. Um but from the sounds of that I will just start buying stuff in the shops to Yeah, sorry, to get to get things in place then I guess. Every day I buy out everything the shops have because like Nook Nook's cranny will upgrade. It takes a lot more now than it has in past games to upgrade, but it will upgrade if you spend enough money there. And also like I said, okay. I like to develop the catalog and you get Nook miles for filling in your catalog, so Mm -hmm. I see every reason to buy everything that the shop has every day unless I already have it. Other than that, any bills that I have, I just deposit it in the bank. And then, then when I have enough to pay off my house, then I will just pay it all off all at once straight from my bank deposit. Uh, but as far as spending money on bridges and ramps, like when I get there after I unlock the terraforming tool, I will absolutely put money into that instead of into my house. But as long as I've got the money to pay off my house, that's where the money's going. Yeah, I should probably just focus on getting the house maxed out and then do, doing the infrastructure stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, that's where I am with that. Uh, the, the one thing I did want to talk about was I did miss the fishing tournament. That was yesterday. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I logged in too late and uh, all the characters were just talking about how great it was. So I've, I've no idea what it entailed, but I, I saw some people were disappointed with it and it was just like a commerce it, it, event. It's very different in this one from past Animal Crossing games. In the past games, it was a contest. You fished for fish and the person who caught the biggest fish won. In this one, you catch, you talk to the NPC who starts the contest and it gives you three minutes to catch as many fish as you can. And the more fish you catch, the more points you get. You can do as many of these three-minute sessions as you want up until the event ends, and then you can spend the points on fishing-related merchandise and trophies. <laughs> mm. So like, I, I, I missed most of it. I, I couldn't get into the game until about an hour before the contest ended, but I still got like some furniture. Like Another room in my house is a trophy room that's just going to be for like the, that rare stuff you can get from events and mm. like all of... Flicks bug statues. I'm going to put as many of them as I can in there. Uh, I probably have to finesse that room quite a bit, but anyway. And I got a few things to put in there, but I didn't get any of the fishing trophies yet just because it was so late on before I got in there that I couldn't even get enough points to get the bronze trophy. But th that's really all it is, is catching fish as fast as you can in a three-minute window and then exchanging the points you win for earn from that for prizes. It's not really a tournament uh, and that sort of brings me back to another point as well because the uh we, we touched on it before about it be these events being like done at strict times so like i, I miss that completely because it was held between certain hours mm -hmm. um like i love that as a concept but it also means just accepting you might not always get to see all of the content because life happens like i, I missed the turnip person today because i just was busy till after midday so it wasn't something i can partake in so i'm seeing all these people on socials opening their gates so people can get good prices to sell their turnips and yeah i just can't do any of that which is a shame so yeah hopefully next week yeah it's like in the lead up to the game i said my plan was to play it before bed yes like just to wind down mm -hmm. the day like in practice i'm doing the exact opposite it's like the first thing i do and then after a while i just reached a point i was like it's time for me to move on to something else otherwise i'm just going to play animal crossing all day but mm -hmm. just the way everything in the game is timed especially like you said with the turnips like that's only available until noon on sundays so if i don't mm -hmm. play animal crossing first thing in the day like even just long enough to talk to the npc i can't do that so that that's 
I wish there was something to do about that other than changing the in-game clock, which I, I refuse to do. But like, yeah, same. yeah, I don't want to do that. I just have to be responsible and, and wake up early on Sundays. It's like, ugh, it's so hard. <laughs> That's the hardest thing I've ever done for a video game. Is wake up on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, screw that. But hopefully next week I'll, I'll find the time to get there. Okay, so that that's uh, it for our visit to Animal Crossing. We'll check in again next episode. Okay, Andrew, what are you playing in the coming week? Uh, there's two games coming out on Thursday next week that I'm interested in. Pixel Cross Adventure, which is a new Pie Cross game crossed over with some kind of adventure. Maybe it's an RPG. Maybe it's just a story or a plot. I haven't been investigating too closely because I want to be surprised. And there's another game called mm-hmm. Kawaii Deathu Desu. I will be taking no questions about my interest in that game. Okay, I don't even know what it is, so you'll have no <laughs> questioning from me. We'll find out next I, week, I guess. I figured from the title you would be surprised that I'm interested in that one. <laughs> yeah, true. The The first word was a bit of a curveball. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, I'll just plug away at uh, Mystic Quest in, in the, uh, the times I have, uh, Final Fantasy VII and keep animal crossing because uh that's the thing that's consuming me at the moment thanks for listening to this episode of switch focus podcast if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review on itunes it really helps us get noticed you can also listen and subscribe on stitcher tune in spotify and other podcast services be sure to join our discord server to interact with the lively switch focus community and you can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news, and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show monetarily, you can buy us a coffee, and details are on our website. Thanks in advance. This episode was edited by Craig Wendell, and you can follow him on Twitter at CraigityCraig. You can also follow us individually. Andy is at FlameRoastHost, and I am at PlayCritically.
Everything is Craig's fault.